It is Tuesday, February 25th, 2020, and today's show is a heater. Bert Kreischer, the machine, stops by. Have a full conversation with him about life, and I believe the hilarity ensues. I talk about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I learned a lot about boxing this past weekend. All of it surrounding me losing a bunch of money on Deontay Wilder, but I think you'll enjoy my boxing take. We talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I think today's a day where you're going to think, you know what? Good fucking show. Hey, good fucking show. Our presenting sponsor today is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. You're damn right. If you're going to buy a ticket to any live event right here on Earth or on the moon, you need to use SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you buy. And they're not going to catfish you either. So whenever you shop, you can shop with confidence. Right now, use promo code PAT to get $10 off your first order. Wow. 10 bucks? That sounds crazy, right? Yeah. Promo code McAfee, get $20 off your first order. Let's have a little self-awareness. We need both of those to continue to go, okay? It's good for business. So if you're rich, use promo code PAT, get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, use McAfee, get $20 off your first order. They have tickets to everything. Comedy, Burt Kreischer, for instance, you're about mm-hmm. to hear. Go see him at a show. They have tickets to uh, concerts, live sporting events, theater, you name it. If there's a ticket for it and a ticket to it, you need to do it with our friends at SeatGeek. Also, today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your house. We must protect this house. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks and weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune or there's the other way simply safe simply safe is everything you need in home security it's award-winning protection two-time winner of the cnet editor's choice award simply safe blankets your whole home and safety you get comprehensive protection for your entire home outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home entry motion and glass break sensors garden side you barely notice it's even there but what's truly remarkable is you can set this entire system up by yourself anyone can do it even zito can do it mm-hmm. even foxy can do it yeah think about that foxy can set up a simply safe home security system and he has at the pub foxy's a guy who's a wizard at video editing without question very handsome mm-hmm. smallest legs we've ever seen on an adult male yeah, almost like alien like but his brain is cooked to do a couple of things drink at 9 a.m <laughs> Edit videos incredibly, and normally nothing else, right? right. Can't change a tire, can't mm-hmm. do all these things. But what he can't. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's just screaming from the back. I bet I've changed more tires than everyone in this office this year. That's a guarantee, actually. That's an absolute. You were doing good, too. You were being nice. Like, you were being so nice. And then it's just, oh, all I do is drink at 9 a.m. Edit videos. I turned to my right, and I just saw you there. There was no way it couldn't happen. It had to happen. I thought you saw Zito walk by, but I forget this is a glass anymore. Um, all right, carry on. Anyways, you can set up a Simply Safe Home Security System, can't you? Easy. What he can't do with those legs? Yeah. <laughs> he did not serve that. 
Uh, anyone can do it. It takes about 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7, 365. It's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best in home security. Go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee today and you'll get a free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And also, it records anytime something moves. So if you have something happen in your house, you want to catch it on tape, you know what I mean? Burglars, everything. Simply Safe is the best. We have it at our office. We have it at our houses. It's awesome. You should get it and check it out now right to the show. Let's dive right into it. I had no idea that Tyson Fury was that good at boxing, okay? I was lied to. I want to let everybody know I was lied to. Now, whenever I say that I'm not a big boxing follower, I think everybody knows that, right? Not a big boxing follower. Haven't been a big boxing follower until this past weekend, by the way. All I saw and all I seen on TV last week leading up to this massive fight was Deontay Wilder knocking Tyson Fury on his back a couple times. Mm. Then I saw Deontay Wilder talking. Then I heard rumors that there was a thought that the Gypsy King might retire. And all I could think of, and Deontay Wilder was the favorite on the book. I'm like, wow, he's an American man fighting against a Brit. Okay? He's got a lot to fight for. He's not even thinking about retiring. He knocked him down last time. Everybody's saying he's got the heaviest hands. He has the highest knockout percentage in the history of boxing. I'm like, oh, this is a lock for Deontay Wilder. Then I watched that fight. Boy, <laughs> that the big Jippo, the Gypsy King, Tyson mm-hmm. Fury, that guy is entertaining to watch. He made me a boxing fan in seven rounds of boxing. Now, I knew that my very hefty, very high wager on Deontay Wilder was as good as gone about <laughs> a minute and a half into the fight. I, I knew that he had no shot. And at that point, I had to pivot my emotions from being upset about what I lost to just, you know what, let's try to enjoy this thing. Now, it didn't start until like 11.30 at night. I watched some of the undercard as well. There was like a seven-foot-tall guy fighting at lightweight. Yeah. That guy, I don't know how he's ever going to lose. He, he, he might just win forever. But then when it finally got to the fight, the theatrics of the entrance, everybody loved Tyson Fury's entrance. In my eyes, I thought it was a little slow. thought it was a little slow. A lot of people saw the highlights. They saw the picture. They might not have came until late. I was watching it live. It was a little long. The song was not a song I would choose, but hey, I'm not walking into a ring to fight somebody. So whatever you want to do, you got to do. Now, Deontay Wilder comes out. Incredible, incredible costume. Talk about black magic, black excellence. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is my guy. He's fighting. He's ready to go. Okay, and then they showed the preview. They were in the locker room. Tyson Fury was <laughs> dancing and having the time of his life, licking his hand, smacking the booty, humping things. Deontay Wilder was pacing. I'm like, this guy, Tyson Fury, doesn't give a single damn about this fight. Does not care at all. Then you hear Tyson Fury talk, and he said, me dad said this is going to be the easiest fight to be life. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, they don't, the whole family doesn't care. And then as soon as he got in there, the amount of pressure that he put on Deontay Wilder, not only just coming straight at him, but also laying on him at every single opportunity he had, his quick twitch, he had this twitch about him. He was faster than Deontay Wilder. He was more technically sound than Deontay Wilder. He had a better plan than Deontay Wilder. He was bigger than Deontay Wilder, and he seemed to throw a better punch than Deontay Wilder in every single facet of fighting. 
Tyson Fury just embarrassed Deontay Wilder. Now, Deontay Wilder is an absolute beast of a man. He, he, he's, he's an animal, right? Anybody that's willing to get in there and fight is, is obviously admirable. But boy, I, alongside many other people, thought that... And now, this is untrained. I even sent out a tweet. I was like, uh, do the people that know boxing knew that this was going to happen? Teddy Atlas last week on ESPN thought that Deontay Wilder was going to get a win. Mm -hmm. He trained Tyson. That guy was, was in <laughs> He thought... I don't think anybody... Now, a lot of people were like, well, I knew it was going to happen. And they showed me their tweets of them betting like the plus 420 or whatever it was for Tyson Fury to knock out. But man, I loved watching the big Jippo, the big Gypsy King Tyson Fury fight. I would... I, I'm almost mad that I missed his first 20 some fights i had a blast watching that and boy i had a hole in my eardrum for a long time me and deontay wilder understand how terrible that has to be but that was a dominant fight from jump street by tyson fury and he his corner said uh time to go home that's that's mm -hmm. literally what they said to him before the seventh round they're like time to go home and he was like oh okay that means now's the time to end this thing and it was over i mean that was awesome to watch good for boxing not great for my bank account but i love the big jippo tyson fury i fell into the the physical look of him like the one thing mm -hmm. you can't he's do fat. exactly it's like he shows up for us. he's big he's sloppy and yes. it's like oh deontay wilder's <laughs> cut up like and then they said he he came in you know 40 pounds heavier i was like all right well he's just gonna wear him out that that worked to his game plan perfectly. He just wore down Wilder. They probably, realistically, should have thrown in the towel and stopped that fight earlier. They talked to Deontay Wilder before the fight, and he weighed like 231 or something mm -hmm. like that. They're like, this is the heaviest you've ever been. He was like, I don't really care about my weight. Like, uh, whatever my body is, my body is. And, and Tyson Fury's camp was like, no, we put weight on on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, every single part of it was planned out for Tyson Fury when Deontay Wilder didn't feel that well, way. Well, Thursday when we were watching the press conference, Fury said exactly what he was going to do. He said he bullies don't like being bullied, and he bullied him from the very beginning. Right at him. Just absolutely went right at him. And the, the human that I'm happy I got introduced to this entire thing is Tyson Fury's dad, mm -hmm. okay? Tyson Fury, I said this in the, uh, earlier, Tyson Fury's dad told Tyson Fury before the first Deontay Wilder fight that he should be scared, right? He was like, you should be scared. It's going to be a very hard fight. Then before this fight, Tyson Fury says that his dad... He told me this is going to be the me easiest fight, whatever, right? Then his dad, obviously, everybody's talking about what's next. Nobody wants Deontay Wilder to do the rematch clause that was set in for the next 30 days. Nobody wants him to do that because they think he should have to rebuild back up. That was an embarrassing loss for Deontay Wilder. They think uh, emotionally and and mentally this might be very difficult mm -hmm. right because he's the bomber he's the bronze bomb squad and everything like that and he got bombed on everybody's hoping he'll be back i hope he'll be back everybody's thinking his next fight's gonna be anthony joshua this is what tyson fury's dad said about a potential fight between tyson fury and anthony joshua you know like the aliens are like years in front of us in brain power that's how my son is in front of joshua in ability do you understand me now what i'm saying do i get the picture across he can't do it He's got slow feet, he's got a few flash stands, he goes like that, one, two, left up, chin stuck in the air. You see him, he's blown out of his ass, I mean, he gets a bit of pressure put on him. Tyson will do more than pressurise him, mate. He'll be crying after four rounds, tears will be rolling out of his eyes like Marafat bees. But he can't do any good. He'll be swinging like that, oh, where's he gone? Pop, pop, bang, on the floor, end of. Give me them belts back where you stole them, you bum. And that's it. Will we see this fight next year, in your opinion? No, I don't think he will because he's too frightened. He'll retire before he faces Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King will retire him without even fighting him. And I've said it first. <laughs> He'll retire him without even fighting him. 
because he hasn't got nothing to beat him with. He don't need money. Vlad's a trillionaire. He don't need it. So why would you mucky your legacy by letting a big jippo spark you right out? <laughs> End off to answer all them questions. That's what it is. The jippo will spark him out because he got no tip back with. I mean, he sounds I Irish. I, I, it sounds like a leprechaun speaking wherever he's speaking. But he was, I guess this guy is like a fortune teller for boxing because everything he said, everybody's been like spot on. Then Anthony Joshua, he's the guy that got knocked out by Ruiz. Yep. And uh, now he won a fight against Ruiz in uh, Saudi yep. Arabia or whatever. I mean, I, I want to watch Tyson Fury box next week. That's I'm, I'm going to go back and watch all of his old fights. I am very intrigued by this guy, and I'm very happy I finally got introduced to him here at the year 32 of my life. Well, it's nice because he also has, like, he has flair when he boxes, too, oh. which you love. To, like, he's got a personality in the ring while he's fighting. He's a big jippo. Imagine if you were that big, six foot seven or whatever, six nine, nine, nine. six nine, two hundred seventy-three pounds, and knew that you could just knock out anybody that you wanted to knock out. That's like whenever Matreon was hanging out around here, mm -hmm. and Matreon's from Indiana, and he's a former UFC fighter, former Bellator fighter, but he's like six foot six, two hundred eighty pounds, and he's trained in mixed martial arts, and he's good at it. He walks into a bar, like, what's the bouncer going to do? Like, what if you want him to leave? What? He'll leave whenever he wants it. <laughs> like, that's exactly what Tyson Fury is. Like, there's nobody that can tell that man anything. And I guess that's what the Gypsy King means is in the Irish traveling Gypsy family, the Gypsy King is the best fighter of the group. And he is taught or he's the one that has to go fight other people. I guess his uncle was the Gypsy King. His grandfather was Gypsy King. So this title is a massive title. And they just got this guy, Tyson Fury, who's bigger, stronger, faster, and a better fighter than everybody else. What an animal of a man. I am very disappointed. I had no idea who he was before this. I also didn't realize that for some reason I thought he was like 37 or he's 31. Like he's still like in the prime of his career. So I have a feeling we're going to be seeing him a lot more over the next couple years. Still got four years, five years of me if I want. <laughs> that guy is awesome, dude. I'm a Tyson Fury, oh, yeah, massive huge. Tyson Fury fan. He just, the whole thing, he was just like moving the entire time. He was just laying his big ass body all over Deontay <laughs> Wilder. in the blood. Well, I, see, I don't I don't think he ever touched the blood. I think he did the Shakira tongue yeah, flip. Yeah. I don't think he touched any of the blood. Still awesome, by the way. Yeah. Still awesome in the middle of the fight. You have enough clear. And they told you told me that he puts his hands oh, behind yeah. his back sometimes. Mm -hmm. Very different game plan this time. He was going straight in at the first him. fight. He had his hands behind his back a lot. Yeah, I love this guy. 273 pounds, six foot nine, can do whatever the hell he wants, and has a great. By the way, can sing good too. Oh yeah, sang the entire song of American Pie. <laughs> it's like a 45 minute song. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the Pat McAfee this Show. This is why I'm dangerous. Welcome, welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show. We are being joined by a man who has a comedy special on Netflix, a man that you've seen because he drank with the Russian mob while robbing his peers. Uh, one of the most legendary humans to ever exist. Van Wilder was literally created off of him. The machine, Burt Kreischer. I'm going back to Russia for the first time. Really? Yeah, going back. Uh, I'm doing a tour. We're doing a tour all through Asia. Maybe you can't yeah, that. <laughs> Take some Coronas with you. Bro. Take some Coronas. Have you been? So for those that don't know, yeah. it's only got like 70 million views, I think, or something like that. So people have to, it's been picked up as a movie, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we're doing it as a movie right now. And uh, it was really crazy because we were talking to the writer and the producer and they were trying to like pitch me story ideas, but they were tied to like real life 
things that had happened. One of the things that had happened, they were talking about strip clubs. And I Hold was, on, can we run through this real quick? You went on a trip to Russia. Oh, I, uh, in 1995, I, with my class, got involved with the Russian mafia, uh, <laughs> and then robbed a train with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, it's so funny I say it, it, I have no connection to it. Like, I say it like, it, when the story went viral, the story went viral like four years ago, changed my career. This is why it went viral. This is the most interesting st- part of this whole story that you're about to hear. When I posted it, one of the one of the girls in my class had just got online on Facebook, saw it, and was like, "Oh, I'm going to comment real quick," and wrote in the comment sections, uh, "This story is 100 percent true." Legitimized it. Uh, I was in Bert's Russian class. He robbed us, <laughs> and then tagged everyone in my class. You can't pay for marketing like that. <laughs> you can't get marketing like that. So, uh, so then it goes viral. It's got like I, I don't. I, 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 I can tell you how many views I got on my pages, but what happens was is content providers like the, oh, yeah. the fat Jewish or whatever, mm-hmm. they take it and put it, and they get 180 million views. Those are that's the game changer. Those guys. So they put they get, it gets bought as a movie. We're sitting in a pitch talking about story ideas for the movie, and they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe the machine can go to a strip club." And I was like, "That's so funny." It's a true story. I went to a strip club when we were with the mafia. And, uh, the Russian mafia. Yeah, and they were like, uh, we walk in and they go, do you want uh, full touch or no touch? I'm like, who gets no touch? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go full touch, guys. I'll go full touch. And then we get in the room. She goes, take your pants off. And I was like, huh, what? Oh, no, 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 no. I want no touch. I want no touch. I want no touch. So wait, this is 1995, and I, I, was, I lived in Tallahassee. I grew up in Florida my whole life. So the girl goes, give me a lap dance, and she smells horrific. I mean, horrific. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I am like, I can stomach through this one. I'm getting a new chick for the next one. Yeah, of course. Get a new lap dance. Next chick smells identical. I mean, I mean, so bad. So bad that I'm like, ugh, what is wrong with these women? Cut to, uh, like, 20 years later, I'm on a second date with my wife, and we walk into an Indian restaurant, and I go, this smells like Russian horse. <laughs> They had just had Indian food, and I had never had Indian food. It was curry. It was curry. It was curry. Yeah, I guess they had all had curry that night, but curry is so bad at a lap dance. Yeah. You're just not having a clue. You're just like, oh, this is what Russian vaginas are. Not even a thought that it was curry food. So is that going to make the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, I hope so. <laughs> it was so funny. Like it was, it was crazy because they were telling me story ideas, and I, and I had I lived it. But you tell it so much, you don't even. It doesn't even register as real. Yeah, it's like when people it's a character. Yeah, it's like when people talk to you about uh, professional football. It's a part of your life that you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You take so many pictures and go, oh thank you, thank you. That when they talk about it, you're like, oh yeah. Like another thing, we robbed myself because my bag's with my class, so we robbed me. <laughs> And we stole, my dad had given me a very sentimental pocket uh, knife. Uh, uh, and he was like, buddy, you'll need this when you're traveling through Europe and cutting a baguette and opening a bottle of wine. And the mob stole it. Just stole a pocket knife. And I was like, uh, maybe we shouldn't steal that. Right? <laughs> I mean, some of these kids have sentimental reasons about what they got, right? <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, the way you described that was, we stole from me. Yeah, we, yeah. dude, I, it, was, it was crazy how we stole, how we robbed people because... What we do is they'd open the door up a little bit and then the How little, long was this? What do you mean? Like the rob it was a couple hours, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it was all night. It was all night. Uh it was all <laughs> night. It was my class was really quick, so we were just one train car, but there were like nine train cars. So we robbed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> have you ever robbed anything since then? Was it just a one night? No, spree? no, no. I haven't. I haven't done anything. I'm not. A, here's a crazy thing: is I'm kind of a big rule follower. Really? Um, not that's intriguing. You do stand up shirtless. Uh. It's interesting that you said I'm. I don't subscribe to the rules. Like meaning they don't apply to me. But I feel like rules should apply to. I'm very <laughs> yeah, yeah. specific about rules. Like yeah. like when people fly up in the turn lane and then try to get over to the left, oh. that really aggravates me. Oh, don't do it. That really aggravates me. I, I almost even, killed somebody this morning. Oh, well, I won't even let my Uber driver do it. I'm like, hey, please, man. I'm cool with waiting. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm horrible about rules. Like I flew with marijuana. Did you put it. You checked it, or you walked. I just it? put it in my bag. Yeah, that's what uh, some Dude, people I fly flew, with on a regular basis. I though. flew to marijuana. I flew with marijuana to Bali. That's not smart. Uh, that is death penalty. Locked yeah, up that, abroad. That's, that's, locked, yeah, up that's abroad. locked up abroad. I, well, I got there and I said to my wife, I'm, "I'm opening up my cigars. We're out, beautiful, beautiful, in the middle of the jungle." I'm gonna open my cigars. I go, "Oh my god! I brought like four joints with me." <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know. My wife's like. <laughs> Here I am lighting up a joint going, I'm going to puff this. This is great. Who do, this is like win-win. My wife's like, it's punishable by death. So I had to grind it into the grass. <laughs> oh. So you're on the Birdie Boy World Tour. Right Birdie now. Boy World Tour, two shows in Indianapolis, Evansville, and then Louisville on Saturday. You did the Body Shots World Tour. I saw you drinking oh. with like every city, I think, in this entire earth maybe at one yeah. point now you're back on tour again you're a real grinder like i don't think i've like following you has been a lot of fun to watch because you're like a grinder grinder i love it dude i mean like you know this is for anyone who's a comic listening you know that you work your whole life to get to this one place so if you get the opportunity you're going to go hard like I, if you get the opportunity to sell i mean i can't even tell you how many tickets i'm sold tonight but like I'm going You're to in a big theater tonight. Big though. theater tonight. Yeah. This tour is more like 2,500 seats. Cool. So two shows tonight. I'm, I did it when I was at the, here last time. One of the best nights of my life. One of the best nights of my life. NFC, uh, there was the NFC, uh, NFC playoffs. It was snowing. There was a big snowstorm that night. And the bus pulled in early. We sat and watched the game. Went and did two shows. Chick McGee from, uh, from Bob, Bob and Tom. Tom came out. We sent everyone to a bar. We I, hung, I must have taken 500 pictures. <laughs> I'm a honeypot for disease. If anyone is getting the coronavirus, yeah. it's me. It's yeah. going to be me. Well, especially if you're going on tour in Asia. <laughs> How do you do stand-up comedy for people that don't speak your language? Oh, I just do their accent to them. <laughs> <laughs> You appropriate the culture, right? To the yeah, yeah, yeah. Just very inappropriately, just go. Oh no! <laughs> no. Uh, so you have a you have a special on Netflix right now. Yeah, I got one called. I got two. Secret Time and the Machine are both on Netflix. I just saw a Netflix series that has not aired yet called The Cabin. Congrats! Thank you. And if uh, you get triggered by anything. We definitely check your box. <laughs> oh. oh, you go in, huh? Uh, the first episode was with Joey Diaz and Tom Segura. Oh. And Segura called me in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, and he was like, hey, man, we can't put that stuff on <laughs> Bro, I mean, it was aggressive. Well, hold on. You hang out at the comedy store. We got like yeah. five minutes, so I think we can get this answer in. Yeah. The comedy store, as somebody who has never been there, but just watches on the internet, seems like this legendary place. It is. It really does. From afar, it does. And I think from, I think it actually is. Like Rogan, you, Burr. Segura, you name it, Dalia, everybody hangs out at this comedy. Chappelle, I think, even hangs out yeah. there. 
Before Chappelle and Burr released these last two specials, right? That were very aggressive. They were awesome. They were absolutely awesome. But I feel like there was a conversation amongst you comics at the comedy store where it was like, hey, somebody's got to go out there and flip the script on his politically correct stuff. And I feel like Burr and Chappelle were like, we'll do it, but we need a lot of money. And Netflix was like, well, here's 60 million to do it. And they go out there and have they kind of changed the game for you guys? Uh, I will say that Dave Chappelle uh, jumped on a sword for everyone. Yeah. Meaning that special was so mm-hmm. out of the box. When he said, I'm what you call a, 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 bl- a, victim, a, a blamer. victim blamer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like number one. That's like saying, hey guys, I'm a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was a game changer. But by the way, Dave Chappelle is one of the best to ever do it. Ever. So, uh, Burr is oblivious to the fact that he's even offending you. <laughs> uh, he didn't even tell the joke that was so aggressive. It was like one of, I'll tell you off air, he has a joke in there that was one of my favorite jokes about not supporting the military that I'm like, oh. <laughs> he's still got it in his quiver. He's still got it in his quiver. But, but Burr, is, Burr is brilliant. When you hang out with Burr, we went to an XFL game together. Yeah. The way his brain works, it's so quickly. One day we were driving down the street and we saw a, a van, an old school conversion van. And I said, uh, I said, man, whatever happened to those vans? They're so cool. Bert doesn't even miss a beat. He goes, uh, branding issue, Bert, branding issue. I said, what? And he goes, hey, you rape a couple kids in a van. Now no one can drive a van. <laughs> you know? Same thing happened with rollerblades. They were cool for the first summer they were out. Then a couple gay guys wear them. Now you can't wear rollerblades. <laughs> His brain is so quick. It's like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, I have a podcast with him. Yeah, and, the and Bill Burt, by the way, you two. We Ooh. gave you a couple shout outs. Way too nice to me. Man, no. That was a big moment for me. You should have seen me listening to that because I got a couple of tweets from people that were like, and you sent me it. You were like, hey, I don't know if this podcast is ever going to come out. But, oh, yeah, that's right. But Bill and I talked about you. I don't know if it's ever going to come out, but Bill and I talked about you. You're going to like it is all you said. And I was like trying to play it cool. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Like, that's very nice of you guys. And that was like three weeks before it actually came out. So I was like, oh, Bert, they just didn't put it out or whatever. They got so much content. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I wake up to a bunch of tweets and people are like, you should have heard what Bert and Bill just said about you. So we listened to it after the show. I. I don't think I felt that way ever in my entire. I appreciate how nice you guys. Were. When I told him I could kick a field goal, and I told you oh, yeah. I could kick a field goal, he lost it. Oh, yeah. He lo- he lost it. Like I, there's moments I've said things where like we, I remember one time when I was a kid, I was telling Bill this. I was praying in church. I was ten years old. We just done communion, and my and I got up and sat in the pew, and my dad said, "Hey, buddy, what'd you pray to God for?" And I said, "I just thanked him," and he's like, "For what?" And I said, "All these God-given talents." <laughs> And my dad said, like, looked at, like, confused. He goes, what God-given talents? I go, I don't know. Name one. <laughs> like, I, I got a ton. Like, I really, that, that's the way my brain operates. Yeah, yeah. And, and Burr is not that guy. He's like, you know, work hard to pay your dues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you told me that you could probably, for six months of training or something, or three months I of training, you stand could, by this. you'd kick in the NFL. By the way, I think that's I what, could that was, You said it to me with a straight face. I think. It's about explosivity. Now, <laughs> do you have any of that in your I, body? I gave a speech to my daughter in the car yesterday about explosivity. <laughs> it's real, though. It's real. It is. And I think you with your Mickey Mantle jeans. <laughs> I ran a marathon with no training. Come on. All right. What you just heard there was a man talking. I'm about to open a beer. Are we going to come back? Yeah. Well, we got to break in a minute and 15 seconds. So I don't know how we're going to close it. But Burt Kreischer lives by this Mickey Mantle gene. Mickey Mantle gene's real. It's a guy who can go hard all night, show up in the morning, and play ball. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It's Babe Ruth had it. Mickey Mantle had it. 
And then there's guys that you know, like Bert Kreischer. Bert, oh, definitely, 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 <laughs> dude, definitely. I guarantee you, I could throw up two twenty five right now. <laughs> we got it over there. Uh, we got it in the building. I know what we're doing after break. <laughs> Uh, Bert, you're one of the most special individuals to ever exist. Honestly, I, I've the fact that the Van Wilder movies, yeah, were basically based off of your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the machine, a Russian mafia train robbery video, is off of your life. I always say, I always say, like, and that's not the most interesting things about me. <laughs> you should see. I, I, by the way, you should see my. Uh, what will the maid think? Brilliant. I, honestly, I wanted to do. I wanted to do a series where I showed you all the reasons you should love me. So like, what makes me amazing? Because I have so many things I've done where I go, "Hey, wait, shut up! That happened too." By the way, thank God for those given talents of yours. Yeah. Dear God, thank you for all the God given talents. I remember saying that Jimmy Giles was at that. Uh, How about four seconds? Can you get it in? Jimmy Giles was there. <laughs> Smokey in here. I believe there are some vitamins found at Nick Bernaldo's here. Tone Diggs is here. Ty Schmidt is here. Jason McAfee is here. Cuban Zed is here with a nice cigar from Iowa at oh, Evan wow. Fox. Oh, he, hey, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Cuban Zed, legendary character. Bro. I love it. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you guys meet off air out there, you guys are going to fall in love with each other. Dude, it's about, it's about your eulogy. Like when you look at a guy yeah. like this, People are gonna say great things about you at your funeral. <laughs> it's your roots. Yeah, I yeah. want I want to plan my funeral properly so I have the right person crying at the right time. <laughs> Who's gonna close my funeral? That's the question. Who's gonna yeah. be the last person to speak? And that voice you just heard is Bert Kreischer. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The, <laughs> <laughs> the last person that's gonna speak at his funeral is potentially a good friend of his and world renowned genius and billionaire. I think at this point. The man who once f hosted Fear Factor mm. now owns the world, basically. Joe Rogan, good oh, friend of yours. What is he like? Joe's going to open my funeral. <laughs> I would like him to speak first because then we got everyone's attention. You can't. <laughs> yeah, true. Joe's going to open it. I want Tom Skrur to close it because he's when a fat guy cries, mm. it's so emotional. It's, it's like sad. it's like that scene from Deliverance. Like when you you're like, wow, this is real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joe's Joe's an amazing guy. He's. He's super generous. <laughs> so, like, I was saying this to you off air. You got to be careful with what you say around him. Because if you say something like, yeah, I was looking at smokers the other day. The next day, there's a smoker at your house. Oh. Yeah, like I, that's I, cool, by the way. It's cool, but you just go, I, you, I, I'm, I have a hard time asking for things. So, oh, yeah. when when he, and you don't even have to ask with him. Mm -hmm. He'll just be, let me, let me, I have a guy at Traeger. Let me hook you up. I have a guy at Green Mountain Grills. Let me hook you up. Um, I was, I was running on treadmills. I was saying I could run a seven minute mile. Uh, and, Joe's like, that's not real running. That's not real running. Next day, there's a the the air assault fitness trainer at my house. It's like a five thousand dollar treadmill, and you're just like, and no one, no no note, no nothing. It's just at your house. And By the like, way, he feels good doing that. I bet. You know what I mean? Like, man, there's probably not a lot of things that make him feel good at this point, but right? You know, you know how many people there are people that are oblivious to it and ask him for everything, and you, I always am very careful that I don't ever want to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there, people do my podcast just to meet Joe. Like they go. They do my podcast at the end. They're like, "Hey man, can you get me on Rogan?" And you're like, "Ugh, no, I can't." <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, if you don't want me to put this entire conversation, we just head out because I can't get you on Rogan. Yeah, Is that, I'm so sorry. I disappointed you like. That. It, but it and you like you know and I th there are people that like good friends of mine that are like, "Hey man, please hook me up with Rogan. It'll change my career." And you're like, man, "That's not how it works. If he likes you, he likes you, and he finds you, and he's interested in you, but he'll have you on his podcast." Other than that. You just got to play. I mean, just hang out. Just be a regular human. So mm -hmm. when I started playing for the Colts, right? Yeah. All my friends wanted autographs from Peyton Manning. 
Oh, okay. yeah. So I had to start forging Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> you might hear right now, or you might see right now somewhere on eBay, and it's a McAfee Manning signature because I got tired of asking him. Like, he and I almost, we became friends for a little bit there, right? He wanted me to drink around him. He wanted me to have, a, like, we, were, we became, like, friendly. And it, it got to the point where I was like, it's weird asking a friend for an autograph for another friend at, like, a very regular rate. So I, I literally just... I didn't want to disappoint these people either. I'm like, I haven't changed. I'm like, you know, I have not just because I'm hanging out with him. It doesn't mean I've changed. So I'm just going to go ahead and forge this signature. It's close. I mean, if they were, if they were to Google it, it like the real people would know it's fake. It's an awkward situation, though. Whenever no. you're dealing with one of the most famous people on earth, which Rogan is, Peyton Manning is, those people, it's very interesting because you get a chance to see them live, you get a chance to see them work, but then everything else that comes with it, people don't know about. And it's hard to compartmentalize advice they give you because they've done everything on such a big level that when he pulls you aside and it's like, hey man, that joke sucks. You go, oh, guess it's out. As opposed to you'd fight for it if it was just an average friend. But yeah, you know, yeah. you look at uh-huh. Joe, like I had a joke about, I had a joke about me and my wife bought a house. Uh, we got it, a, an alert came through Redfin. <laughs> By the way, this joke's gonna bomb. <laughs> no, no, we'll put it over. Hey, we'll put it, everybody ready? Everybody put your best fake laughing faces on. Here we go, I'll put it over. An alert came up on Redfin. My wife then texted our agent. The agent, it's not, it's not yet. It's not yet. I'll, 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 I'll give you some eyes. You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> By the way, I know when to put my own joke over. You'll know when it clicks on the read comes. <laughs> so she sent it to the agent. Our agent sent it to the other agent. The other agent just texted the uh, buyer. The buyer said they want to put in an offer. We put in an offer. We didn't even, didn't even go on the market. We're sitting at this house the other day, and I said to my wife, I go, this is amazing. She goes, we got this through technology. Like, we would never have gotten this house if it wasn't technology. And then I looked at my wife, and I was like, I wonder what kind of wife I would have gotten had I used technology. <laughs> and Because, I, I mean, I, I met her old school where you just had a picture. And you were like, you are like you had to, like, wait five dates until you were like, oh, she has fat ankles. Uh, I'm already in love with her. And so, hey, way to save that. And, and so, yeah, you like that? Yeah. And so, Rogan just goes, I don't like that joke. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it sounds like you're not in love with your wife. And I was like, no, I am. And he goes, yeah, you are. So don't make it like you're not. Like, be real to who you are. Like, mm. and, and and then you're like, well, God, it's just a joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, man, it's when, especially I'm, I, I have all new materials. So you're like, man, I'm trying everything right now. <laughs> I mean, I ripped my shirt off, man. Have you seen my ass? <laughs> <laughs> that does separate you, though. By the way, yeah. you are. And by the way, I don't think it's a character for you. Like, I, I think you. It's Florida, man. It's pro wrestling. It's it's the Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage, Paul Orndorff. Like, oh. that kind of vibe is Florida. Take your shirt off. I, I So much of me is defined by Florida that I didn't even realize. Like, I won't say no to cocaine often. <laughs> and that is Florida, man. And Atlanta, if by pe- the way. If people and- offer you, dude, I just smoked weed with you guys. I have two shows tonight. I don't say no to drugs because of Florida. Like, I don't, even if I don't want to do them, I just, growing up in Florida, I knew two dudes without tongues in Florida. That's Florida. Tongueless Brett and I saw a dude get struck by lightning. Dude, I mean, there's so much about me that's Florida that I go, that I just forget. And then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Have you ever searched Florida Man on Twitter? Oh, oh I know best. those dudes. <laughs> I saw a guy last week, no tongue, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tongueless Brett. <laughs> that was a re- a, those are real people, by the way. Like, I wish it was an axe, but yeah, Florida was like, Florida's aggressive growing up. When did you move to LA? How old were you? Oh, uh, I don't know. I moved, I, I graduated college when I was 25, and then I moved to New York. Took 
classes through the Florida State prison system. Nice. Smart. Yeah, that's what I, they didn't have. The internet wasn't big back then. And so you had to take, they gave you a box of books and then a bunch of tests. And you, they were like, fill out the test, send them back. And oh, so that's how, yeah. my God. Dude, it was. So be, can I get a prison t- doctorate? <laughs> it was so hard. Do they still do? It was hard? It was so hard. You have Because no, the internet wasn't there. You oh, couldn't just type in yeah. the question and then get the answer and cut and paste. You had to, like, read the book. Yeah. I'd never read a book. I'd never. The first book I ever read was The Firm. That's how, like, I read The Firm, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm a reader now, huh? <laughs> I've never read a book as well, by the way. Believe I, it or not. That's something I've never. I don't know how people have the time. I don't know. How, how, do, we, how do you have the time? Well, they're boring. And by the way, just staring at a piece of paper? <laughs> Better than the movie, though. I get it. Better than the movie. Dude, my problem, I read Memoirs of a Geisha. This is an old joke, but this is true. Okay, here I we go. I had never seen, I had, when I read a book, I put the characters that, I like, I, I cast it in yeah. my head. But I didn't know a lot of Asian actors, so I was like, <laughs> I guess she'll be played by Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> and her father will be played by Mr. Miyagi. No, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really bad with reading uh, entirely. And I can't even listen. By the way, I can't even listen to audiobooks because my mind just starts skating away. Oh, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm in a totally different place oh, yeah. thinking about ways to sell a tour. Like I, that's my my brain is such a marketing brain. It is ridiculous. Oh yes, oh, all the time. Dude, we went to the XFL game. I was telling you this. Me and Burr went to the XFL. All I could do was sit and think of ways they could fix it. Do you think this is the Mickey Mantle gene? Because I think I potentially have this as okay. well. Hold on. Uh, oh, oh, anything I'm, 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 you see, anything I'm a part of, right? I'm yeah. like, man, I feel like we should be doing this differently, this differently, this differently. It's everything. It's almost like. I, I, it's annoying at one point because it's like you can't really sit and enjoy something. You're like, ah, they should have done this instead. It is very, very an interesting time to be in I, my brain. I do I do it even worse. If I see someone doing something wrong, I'll correct them. Oh, you can't do that, bro. You can't, <laughs> bro, you can't do that. At a party, there's a woman cutting an avocado, and I don't know her, and I go, you, why, you're doing that wrong. And she went, excuse me? I said, you're, you're cutting that avocado wrong. And she went, this is how I cut an avocado. And I said, yeah, and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know you. And I said, I'm sorry. I go, initially, I thought you were my wife. And she goes, you talk to your wife like that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she listens. That's why you have good avocados. <laughs> she was cutting avocado like, like, like she had never seen an avocado. Like never. She was didn't even take the seed out. She was cutting around the seed. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, That's... I got to correct you, woman. Hey, by the way, just real... You that was probably the problem. By the, the way you just said that there, that last part... I got to correct you, woman. You kind of kept that out of your first a time. A skirt. <laughs> I don't know if I know how to cut an avocado. Oh, I was just you about turn to say, it on its side. No you split it all the way, and then you hit the seed and pull it out with a knife. I yeah, mean, like, we yeah, and then you, and then you, yeah, and then you slice, 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 scoop it spoon up. it, cut, yeah. cut it up with a spoon. Yeah, no unless idea. you work at Subway, where they cut it avocados like savages. <laughs> Have you seen the way they cut avocados at Subway? I, I held out on Subway after the whole, the Jared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to get out of there. He was already forced so down my throat, right? Like, hey, I, I get it. Easy forced down my throat. <laughs> hey, seriously. Seriously, sometimes I will sit I will sit there and, and go like, like in an epiphany, like, Jared Fogle's still in jail. Oh, yeah. Like, he really did that. Is he? Hey, that was, he's in Indiana. He's in Indiana. For he's real? from Indiana. Like, uh, he, he obviously made a lot of money for being an obese man and losing weight. And, yeah. Uh, I think he ate sandwiches maybe once a day or something like that. Yeah. But uh, whatever the story, maybe once a week. Who knows what it was. But he got a lot of money. He lived up here in uh, Indiana. And like a lot of my teammates, right, yeah. whenever there was helicopter circling his house, like they were group texting in our group text, like taking pictures and sending like, 
something's going on over here and then all of a sudden the news breaks it's like yeah he lived right up here Jeff I can't Indiana believe guy. like like stuff like that like like I can't believe. Oh, that I was- saw him in a VIP section two times yeah. at clubs. No way. Whenever I was like a rookie in second year, I'd be I'd be in like a, a back section of an Indiana nightclub on like a Tuesday night or something like that. So you know how that is, probably. <laughs> is, Indiana nightclub. It is lit, right? And they're like, "You want a VIP section?" I'm like, uh, "No, like there's literally nobody here. The whole place is kind of feels like a VIP place right now." They're like, "Oh, well, in the back, a guy wants to meet you." I'm like, "Awesome!" I go back there. It's Subway guy, Jared Fogle. He's like got like uh, bottle service back there. He's like gambling his- on a bum fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll take the one with no teeth. This guy is the worst. All right, let's get back to you. Yes. How long does it take for you to put together a set? Like this Birdie Boy World Tour. You just toured last time. Was yeah. it a different set from that one? Is yep. it a whole yeah, new yeah, one? Yeah, brand new set. Uh, it takes me... A, it, it, honestly, I could I could up a new set immediately because even like towards the end of doing a tour, you're so exhausted with that material that you're writing... You're already writing. So like, I, I, I was ready to do a new hour probably the second I got done this hour. I can't... That's... So I've done stand-up comedy. Before. You did an a special with never doing it, and you wrote an hour right off the bat. So ninety-four minutes. That's called the Mickey Mantle gene. <laughs> it wasn't great though. If you look back, I mean, it's good. It's not great, but I, if I had to tell it again, yeah, couldn't do it. Like that's the thing about me. I, that's why I have so much respect for the stand-up comedians of the world. And I've oh. done stand-up comedy, but I'm not a stand-up comedian because I can't do it. Back to back to back. Does that make sense? I, I it's like a celebration when I tell it. All of my energy is used, and then it's like if I had to do it again, it, like you're doing two shows tonight, I could yeah. never do that. So what what we do is we try to like if I told a story here that worked, that is the best I'll ever tell it because it's in the it's in mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. What the the key to stand up is finding that energy again and finding those beats. Yeah, how? And then sharing it, and it's just repetition, just telling it on stage enough times where you skinny it up. Like the, for some reason, when you tell it in the moment. It's got the perfect amount of space in between it in the moment. Yeah. But then the, the second you tell it the second time, you start adding stuff. You're like, well, if you liked that. <laughs> There's more. Yeah, that's a- Did I tell you what I was wearing? <laughs> and so that, that's the key is just finding those moments again. And, and, and you know, I have, a sto- I have a great story about a, a raffle. I, I, the raffle was like 40 bucks and I put in 360 and to win all the prizes. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a true story and it's the first time I told it, it was so killer I've, I mean I have a story about finding a kid that uh, I found a child one time I told it the day I found that child I told that story to a group of people at 4th of July and it murdered so hard it's such a great great story and it murdered so hard that I literally pretended to go to the bathroom and went back to my daughter's room and started writing down beats uh-huh. and, and then I came back what are the beats you're like uh uh Pause here. N- the number one beat is when I found the child. I said, uh, "What? Where's your mom?" He said, "I don't know." I said, "What's her name?" He goes, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Big important beat. <laughs> Big important beat." I said, "What's your dad? Is your dad here?" And he goes, "Yes." I said, "What's your dad's name?" He goes, "David, maybe Michael." <laughs> Big important beats, right? Big important beats. But I told it that first time, and it murdered so hard. I took it on stage, and it bombed. Like, like watching. Your parents have sex bomb like that uncomfortable. <laughs> How do you handle bombing? Are you self aware? I've been to a couple uh, I've been to a couple shows around here. Um, and I, I got in I like I enjoy watching stand up comedy. I'll go watch some shows and I'll be in like the back of the room. I don't even think people have a clue that I'm there, right? And there's yeah. like not a lot of people there and I'll watch shows. I enjoy it. But there's some people who just lack complete self awareness. Like I like I think there's some people Ugh. that should uh should acknowledge the fact that hey, there is nobody enjoying what I'm saying. I am punishing these people in these clubs every time I get up there and I feel like they think they crushed. Yeah, but but that's the problem is is that you can't say that to them because I 
I the person I've seen bomb hardest in my life is Tom Segura. Tom Segura bombed Hilarious one time. Hilarious individual. He bombed. This is back when he had hair and he used to comb it back. And he bombed so bad. He was doing 25 minutes. We were in Sacramento that he started to sweat. And the comb of his hair started flattening hair, right? So hair would, the sweat would drop a piece. And at one point, there was just one fin of hair down the center of his head. Just one combed fin of hair that was sitting there. And as he'd move, it would wobble. And the audience was watching this piece of hair wobble. And all of a sudden, he told a joke. It didn't go well. And the hair collapsed. And everyone went, oh. And then Tom got off stage. He's like, what happened? How yeah. do you handle it? Do you drink? Oh, yeah. No, I don't drink on stage. Never? No. Like, I'll, even today, I'll probably go back, take a nap, and then get up, work out. I, don't, I, I, I take a drink with me on stage, but if I drink on stage, I'm a mess. How I'm, about anything? Do you smoke no, or nothing? No. If I smoke pot, what happens is I think in paragraph form, but I speak in sentence form. So I'll go like, oh, do you? <laughs> no, never mind. I took, I took a like. So I took. Uh, yeah. I had a moment in front of a crowd that was very hilarious. We did a tour. Uh, the first time I ever did four shows in a row, four nights in a row, and first night crushed, did really well. Second night, it was my first time ever having to tell the same stories again in front of people. Right, literally yeah. first time ever. Never done it before. So in the middle of the show, people were laughing at stuff. And I was getting sick of the stories though already because I just told it the night before. By the third night, I was like, while I was telling the stories, I'm like, how are these people even laughing at this story? This thing is not even funny. But then by the fourth night, it was a celebration, right? It's the last one. Let's yeah. have a good time. So I took an edible before the show, uh, which by the way, it's probably like my sixth time on stage at this point, seventh time on stage. And it didn't hit. And I was like, I want to enjoy the night. So I take another one, right? It was that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think that's what it says on the package. <laughs> if you don't feel this in 15 minutes, double down. <laughs> so, so I go on I go on stage and start talking. Yeah, it was great. It's brilliant. It's the edible 101, basically. Is It's, it's going to hit. So I go on stage. I start talking for like 10, 15 minutes, going well. And then all of a sudden, I just feel this massive wave hit my brain. And I'm like... Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And I have a bottle of wine on the stage. It's like an hourglass, basically, right? So and you watch that thing. You'll know when it's about over because I'm going to take big swigs. Out of it. I go back and start sipping out of that thing, and my friends are sitting side stage, and I'm like, it, like everything just hit me right now. Those people that were at that show had no idea that they were potentially a minute and a half from a lot of self-talk away from a fool like, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. I had to have a full conversation with myself. I was like, oh, come on, dude. You cannot do this right now. You're in the middle of an NFL career. You are, you got a lot going on. And then I finally talked myself out of it, and I did the rest of the set, right? And I went a little bit deeper in some stories, but I think it was an overall good time. I went back and sat in, like, the uh, the green room or whatever afterwards all by myself, and I was like, well, I think we just learned uh, we don't do the edibles <laughs> before shows. It was a wild move. And I learned, Ugh. I thought all comedians were up on stage, like, intoxicated. Oh, no. That's not the case at all. I, I, said, I said to Burr one time, I was drinking, and I got on stage, and it didn't go well, and I was like, God, man, I feel like when I drink it, it never goes well. And he goes, yeah, that's why they don't let you drive when you drink. <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, you will. Oh, oh, God, yes. Yeah, I think you're the, you're the biggest partier with your fans I've ever seen. I, I like to, here's the deal, is I try to do what I like as a fan. I look at everything as a fan. That's why mm. I found you, is I'm a fan. I like being a fan of stuff. I appreciate it. That means I'm a massive fan of yours. Dude, when I, when, I, when I see, just the X, XFL interview you did with the guy, yeah. when you, on the sidelines, and you, you just, it was such a great, you're so good at being 
in in the moment and caring about the thing you ask, which it, I connect with immediately. Dude, I watching you on Thursday nights with college football. I I love that. I love that. But I love being a fan of stuff. There's certain people that got in the business. John Travolta, I don't think, is a fan of anything but himself. No, I'm not not crapping on John Travolta, but like, but like that's just that's what just, a random person. But like, yeah, but like, but like real, stars. Though. Like, I don't think Tom Cruise is a fan of a lot of stuff. Dude, I'm yeah. a fan of a lot of stuff. I had a kid come up to me one time as a New Year's Eve show. We're in Saint. Uh, uh, West Palm I'm shirtless I'm doing the meet and greet and this guy's wasted right Florida wasted and he's like <laughs> he's like dude you gotta give me just five minutes and I'm like Ugh. he goes I'm a fan of yours and he knows that I've talked about being a fan of stuff he goes do you know what that means and I was like yeah yeah I know and he goes no no I don't think you do he goes I don't have anything going on in my life so when you succeed I feel like I succeeded because huh. I chose you and I oh. went I went, that's how it works with NFL teams. Like, like, yeah. look at the Packers. There's a lot of people that don't have a lot going on in their life, but when the Packers win, they feel like they won. Oh. And I went, oh my God, that's totally true. Like, when I see you on Thursday football, I feel like I got on Thursday football. <laughs> oh, my I, man. Because I go, I picked him early. Like, I found him before anyone knew about him. Like, I, I'm a fan. Like, that's the way a good fan, That's and I was like, oh yeah, don't walk away from your fandom. And then if you're going to be an entertainer, don't ignore that. Don't immediately go, oh, I'm out. David Tell is one. I'm a, the biggest fan of David Tell. There's never been a comedian better. He's the best comedian in the world. Uh, all I wanted to do was have a beer with him when I started comedy. That's all I wanted. I wanted to have a beer with him and him to say, like, hey, man, maybe do a shot together. Mm-hmm. I know there's people out there that want to do that with me. I want to make sure that I fulfill to them what Dave fulfilled to me one time where he goes, mm. hey, man, let's go get a drink. And you're like, I remember going like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. I mean, David tells, he just texted me, oddly enough, randomly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, and my heart skipped to beat. I told him I'd fly him out for the St. Paddy's Day show. Oh. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Secret time. We're doing a big St. Paddy's Day show. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, by the way, every time you get on a microphone, uh, you just start, that's what Secret Time, your special is about, is about how you just really say things you're not supposed to say whenever you get on I, Secret Time was the best name to any special I've ever done. My new special is called Hey Big Boy. That comes out St. Paddy's Day. That's why I'm throwing a party at the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big lineup. I'm not going to say names. Sebastian Maniscalco, Tom Segura. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, I stay Secret Time all the time. I said to Bill at the game, when we did XFL, I said, Secret Time, man. I've never been attracted to like, I, I said, I've always been attracted to older women. Like I've never, even when I was like 17, there was something not fully there with 17 year old girl, girls for me. Like I always wanted the Susan Sarandon from Bull Durham, you know? Like I, oh, yeah. I, I wanted to be the XFL me. game? Yeah, Bill's like, what? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, by the way, I can fix the NX, XFL. Here we but, go. Here we go. Let's get some pens and papers out here. Number one, uh, they need to do a thing where they let corporations buy positions for the game. So they're like, oh, all right, ladies from Kellogg's, it's Bill from accounting. He'll be the quarterback until the defense takes him out. <laughs> <laughs> and just watch this one dude live his dream and just watch oh, the, and that. just know that they'll light this dude up. Like, he's still standing. <laughs> Can't believe this. It's third and long. I think it's going to be a pass play. Wow. The, but I think they should do that. Definitely. Right. Hey. The, number, the number one flaw with the XFL is they're playing to win. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. That, that's not why I'm there. No. I came to watch you play. I didn't come to watch you win. I don't care about the her her wildcats. <laughs> I don't care personally if the her her wildcats win. That doesn't affect my day, okay? I just met you guys. You're a side chick, all right? Uh-huh. 
I need you to show me some razzle-dazzle. If you're a side chick, I don't want to watch a movie with you, right? No, I do that with my wife. I want to snort coke off your ass. I need the XFL to let me snort coke off their ass. That is my plan. I want, I want, I want every play to be uh, Stanford, UCLA. Yep. I want everything. annexation of Puerto Rico. Dude. Double forward pass. Let's make it triple forward pass. I need, I need so many forward passes. It's, it, I want it to look illegal. And everyone to go, they, they can do that here? <laughs> the whole game, we were just sitting there, and these guys, everyone behind us is going, score! Yeah. And and it's just, it's like... Hold on, I have a question. Have you, you ever told this story on stage before right here, this whole no, thing? No, Have you ever sat in front of Joe Rogan? No. Well, so Joe Rogan's going to say no to it, but I think oh, the yeah. rest of the world will say yes to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you just say, uh, if you're my wife, I'll, I'll watch a movie with you. <laughs> oh. If you're a side chick, and Joe Rogan's going to be like, well, you don't want to do that, Joe. But, but it crushed in here. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's, I think that's a great... That's my, probably my favorite XFL take I've heard, and you're not even in the football world. I think I think they should light a guy on fire. Like it should be, <laughs> it should be, it should be the movie Semi Pro. Yes, yes, it really should be the movie Semi Pro, and get us to become fans of your league. Because I'll, I'll tell you, you want to know the real secret? Yeah, real oh, secret? Oh, secret time. Uh, number one, they should change this crap of the Los Angeles Wildcats, call it the Southern California Wildcats, mm-hmm. and only recruit from Pac-12 teams. Mm-hmm. Right, so then you're going. Oh, I I went to USC. This is smart. This is my guy. Yeah. I'm going to buy his jersey. This there's, is really smart. There's a guy named Whitfield that plays for the uh, Wildcats, and he uh, <laughs> he went to Florida State. And I got up in the middle of the game. I was, of course, I was drunk and high, but I was like, I'm going to go buy his jersey. I'm going to buy his jersey. But let alone, they don't even they don't sell jerseys at the XFL games. Oh, really? <laughs> I think they're one offs. They make one jersey and then you wear it. Hey, I don't know if they make a ton hey, of them. Overhead. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. It's a brand new league. Brand new league. But, uh, but I was like, I'm going to buy his jersey. And then I stopped and I was like, oh, bro, I bet everyone, like, I wouldn't be shocked if everyone would be like, I watch that guy play all through college. So now he's here. I'm going to buy his jersey. I love that guy. It's regional teams. It's smart, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that really is very, smart. very smart. That's a, you already have a built-in fan base then because the player has already built in his own fans. Imagine if Tim Tebow. After it didn't work in what's him call it, and he was the back the truck up for Tim Tebow, Colin Kaepernick. Those yep. are the guys I want to see playing. Yeah, absolutely. And Put Tim- him against the Florida Hurricanes, or whatever they're called, <laughs> whatever the tornadoes, uh, Vipers. Tampa Vipers, Bay really. Vipers. Tampa, Tampa Vipers. Wow, they called them the Tampa Bay Vipers when Stripper was right there. <laughs> if they called them the Tampa Bay Strippers and they barely wore clothes over their pads, I mean, I don't know why I'm not in a marketing brain. <laughs> this is your marketing brain, yeah. by the way. This is my marketing brain. Have we done a break yet? No. no. We got to go to a break. Uh, I, Do you I, think they're going to hear this and then just steal my ideas? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> By the way, the, I think it's what the NFL did with me. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I pitched basically the entire proposal that they're publicly pitching. What's that? Well, the 17 games. They didn't add an extra bye week, though. That's where they messed up. Players, I think, would have agreed to that. Yeah. Uh, an extra 1.5% money, I guess. I didn't pitch that. But the people do steal ideas whenever you talk. All right, Vince. You can have those. <laughs> I'll hey, look at you looking out. By the way, for what he did with Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and yourself as a child, you're, you're giving Vince something back. Hey, yeah. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Hey, that look at you. Hey. Hey. Wait till I tell you my idea off air. <laughs> When's the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, wow, I love not being able to see a damn thing when I drive? Oh, that's, that's why I have 
The Michelin Endurance XD silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything to prove it. Listen to this, Bert. Michelin just put their new Endurance XD silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record breaking 16,000 mile drive, Bert. That's the Birdie Boy World 16, Tour. 16,000 mile yeah. drive. Yeah, from Alaska. Think about this, Bert. Alaska. He drove from all the way from there to Argentina. Think about that. That guy behind you, That Bert. guy right there. Bert, that's him. That's the guy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out. You're telling me that guy sat for <laughs> There's, You're telling me that guy didn't get up and exercise in a rest area for <laughs> John, Someone ate John Crook and then drove all the way. <laughs> 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 Uh, he took time off his bass fishing tournament. <laughs> that poor guy. I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> well, he drove. He drove and put these Michelin Endurance XT. This, is how, this, this is how this read starts with him starting the cargo. These blades better work. <laughs> All right. We got something. Let's go. Pouring a Mountain Dew into a 32-ounce growler. <laughs> hey, uh, pass me those chocolate-covered donuts. <laughs> I'm so sorry, sir. I, you're a joke. You're a punchline. I'm not talking about you as this person. I need another cold beer. <laughs> that weed was perfect. <laughs> Anyways, Rainier Zeitlow, the man that we just referred to, he took this car on a long drive. <laughs> you hear me? Yep. It was a long drive. In the wiper blades... Sustained all of it. Listen to this, Bert. The the wiper blade survived ice, okay? Yeah. Snow, <laughs> rain, wind, and listen to this. Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Feel the thunder. Thunder. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad tech four-layer coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice. The Michelin Endurance XC silicone wiper blades are available today only at Walmart. They last two times longer. So sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> Blue Vine is an easy, fast way to help support your business growth with a line of credit up to $250,000. Wow. Quarter of a mil? Quarter of a mil. Hey, quarter of a mil. That is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. Whether you need money to offset upfront costs, secure inventory, or pay an unexpected expense through Blue Vine, you can help yourself and your business stay secure for any reason. There's no fee to set up your line of credit, and Blue Vine never charges maintenance or prepayment fees. Hmm. Applying is easy. Just go online to getbluevine.com slash pat. Fill out a few simple details, and you're done with your application within minutes. Seeing an offer will not affect your credit score. Once approved, funds can be received in as fast as 24 hours. Have peace of mind knowing the funds can be drawn with the click of a button for any business expense. Bluevine has helped more than 20,000 customers and has delivered over 2.5 billion 
in funds to businesses. That's with a B. Blue Vine also has advisors available by phone to answer any questions and help meet your business needs. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly five-star review on Trustpilot, see why thousands of satisfied business owners have chosen Blue Vine as their go-to source for financing. For listeners of this show, Blue Vine is offering a special limited-time promotion of a $100 gift card when you take out a loan or open a line of credit with Blue Vine. Go to getbluevine.com slash pat for more details. All you have to do is go to getbluevine.com slash pat and apply. That's quick, easy, and meaningful help to your business in as little as 24 hours. This promotional offer is subject to terms and conditions that can be found at getbluevine.com slash pat. Legendary human named the machine, Burt Kreischer, cracking open another cool Bud Light. If, what I feel like right now is yep. perfect, right? Yeah, it's, it's like you're in the in the pocket, you're giggling, you're not too drunk, no one can hear it in your voice yet. <laughs> A little raspy, but nobody can hear it. There's not slurring or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have feel like this all the time. Bottle it. I don't know how we do it. Yeah, well, you yeah. do, actually. We, we know how we do it. Mm-hmm. I know how we do it, but it's we, just... Yeah, vitamins. Big vitamin guy. Massive vitamin. And not not in Indiana, obviously, because it's not yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. legal. But like whenever we go to states, it's legal. Big time into that stuff. I love. I do. I do love marijuana. Just the right amount. I smoked half an ounce with Joey and Tom, <laughs> Joey Diaz and Tom Segura, for my the Netflix series we did. I had a cigar guy roll. Half, he rolled oh. two half ounce joints. Oh. Tom and I smoked a misdemeanors amount, but Joey took the heavy lifting. He, <laughs> he, he smoked that. He smoked it down. So how's it work in LA? You go do stand up. You crush. You start blowing up, and then Netflix is like, "Hey, we want you to write this for us. We want you to do a stand up special for us." Is that kind of what happened? And is this like what you always dreamed of? This is what I always dreamed of, and but that's not how it works. It, the how it works is I, I don't even know. It's just waiting. It's just waiting. I think and and hoping. I got to a place where I just stopped. I didn't feel like it's when I met you. Is I didn't feel like anyone was giving me a chance, and I was like, I got to make my own way. Mm. And and I remember Rogan. Tell, Ro, by the way, I, I can't express enough how important Joe and Bill, two of my really good friends, and Tom even have been in my life. Joe told me get away from Travel Channel. Bill t- said the same thing: get away from Travel Channel, just do stand up. So I did stand up, and then I started diving what into. What you do on Travel Channel? I had a show for like eight years. Oh my god! I feel terrible, and no one ever saw it. I had four I feel shows. So I had bad. Four shows. I feel I, so bad. Eight years is how long I was in the NFL. Oh yeah, that, that's a long. That's hey, by the way, that's a long time. It was like being a stripper. Great money, great times, but you weren't going anywhere. <laughs> and, and so, and, and they, Burr one night goes, "What's your nut? Like, tell me what your nut is." And I was, I told him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you can make that in stand up. Get away from that channel. Your show sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Joe, man, Joe told me so many times, your show is horrible, man. Just do stand-up. And so my business plan, when I got let, I got fired from Travel Channel, sadly, but my business plan was to find cool stuff, yeah, Bert find cool stuff, and then dive headfirst into that. Create your own content. Do that. Like what you're doing right here, what I'm doing with my podcast. I have three podcasts, a cooking show. I do Instagram. It's just to make cool stuff and then to find cool stuff and to be involved with it. Because mm. I feel like cool people listen to this. And if you like this, you'd like me. Like that's mm-hmm. Stan Lane. I found a show called Hot Ones where you eat hot ones. Oh yeah, hot wings. Hey, it's doing okay. I found him before anyone knew the show. How happy were you for him then, as he was just blowing up? Dude, doing- I love Sean. I love uh, Sean. And that's there's been iterations of that where he's hit me up. He's like, dude, MTV wants to buy the show. What do I do? And mm. you're like, oh, just 
buckle down. Don't do it. Because what he's doing is flawless. Oh. It's a great show, and he's a great interviewer. And it's a great setup. Yeah. It's a great... Everything nowadays, right? Like, cold as balls with Kevin Hart. Like, everything's about where you're doing the interview. Uh, Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews. Everything's mm-hmm. about how you do the interview. Yeah. That setup is a, a masterful setup. It's a very, tried, very smart I've setup. tried to do my version of that called One Bottle with Bert. Where we, where how, we, how's it go? It did not work well because no one wanted to get hammered and just talk trash <laughs> i'm cool with it like i say regrettable stuff all the time all the time like when if you're if cancel culture is coming for me i can tell you the podcast to listen to like i've said i've said stuff that i regret i said it the other day like <laughs> come on you can't though you, we're at the point now bert where you're a lot of people's idols. We can't just get you, you know, written off the script of life here. Oh, it'll happen. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, when it happens, I think it'll be like the way they say a prisoner lays in his bed when he's been arrested and you know he's guilty because he sleeps a good night. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll have the best night's sleep when cancel culture finally gets me and I'm like, I knew it was happening. I can't believe it was just that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a call from Miami? Please. Chris in Miami. What's Como up, Como estas dead? Hey, Bert. Aquí estamos, mi amigo. What's up, brother? Hola, ¿cómo estás, amigos? ¿Todo bien? Hola. Oh. <laughs> ah, sí. Oye, Cuban G, ¿cómo estás? Bien, bien, ¿y tú? Oh, bien, papo, bien. Hey, I feel like our show's hey. growing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is good. If we could this do more foreign languages, I would like that, personally. But anyways, Chris, what do you want to ask Bert? Hey, Bert, man, speaking of those podcasts you were talking about, uh, I listened to Two Bears, One Cave the other day and heard you started smoking heaters. Congrats on that. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I started smoking cigarettes recently. Yeah, I wanted to find awesome. out which ones. I wanted, Every, <laughs> wanted to find out which ones you're smoking. smoking oh, American Spirits, man. It's what cool kids smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you just, why? Why did you just, you why just not, because? Right? Yeah, yeah, just why not? Florida. And then I'll quit and just show everyone I can quit. Hey, listen, that cold turkey <laughs> thing's real and I can do it. Here it is. No big deal. <laughs> Count it down as another accomplishment, says Bert. Uh, okay, we got to get to a break here before we wrap up the hour. Uh, we were um, 27 minutes late on the first break. Oh, my! I was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was it. No, I feel like the radio rules in us. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we fluster with them. Mm-hmm. We got chewed out by like a new syndicate. There's a, you know, when you get syndicated, it's a pretty cool thing. You grow, obviously. There's a couple stations that picked us up. And they didn't get it early, right? We missed our break times. And then a hard oh. out. I just talked right into the hard out. And they're like, uh, our listeners uh, are worried that you, <laughs> you're playing by different rules or blah, blah, blah. So the next time for like two straight shows, I just like uh, mid-conversation on the way out. It's a whole new world, this radio <laughs> world. It's like, it's, like, it's like backing into the old days. Maybe we should start smoking American spirits, too. Hey, Love it. I'll tell you what, man. Cigarettes feel good. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> that guy back there is from Boston. Uh, he, he used to smoke like four packs a day it in, was, the, in my prime. It was unbelievable. Yeah, this is great, man. This is awesome. It's dumb, I t- I'll tell you what, if you could just move this in, like put this on a flatbed truck and take it places so that other people could do it too. Cause Indianapolis <laughs> is a tough get. It's tough to get to here. Yeah, it is yeah. very tough to get to here. It actually is. It's not actually tough. Who's was, this? Who's this? By D- this is Dave Williamson. This is my, one of my openers. Dave Williamson, what's up, man? You're wearing a meat hat. I, uh, Dave I is obsessed with barbecue. He'll really? be smoking tonight Dave, are you want to sit down right there, Dave? Sure. I don't know if we have it. Here. He'll be smoking uh, a brisket, a couple briskets that he's getting today outside my tour bus. And then tonight, after the show, if you want some brisket, come to my tour bus and Dave will have brisket for you. <laughs> not a yeah, bad I found gig. the butcher shop. By the way, too. I told this to, I forget who I told this to, and they go, hold on, 
You guys tailgate for your own shows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody's got to. Man. Somebody's got. Dude, we uh, we were in Florida and the cops came. We're like, oh, we're getting shut down. And they were like, you guys are tailgating out here? This is awesome, man. Like, <laughs> like the machine drinks for his own shows. I was like, yeah, we were smoking cigars, smoking meat. That was in Florida? Tampa, yeah. Yeah, that's Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, was like, that was like downtown. We were like just on the sidewalk downtown with a smoker, a brisket, <laughs> lawn chairs, cigars, <laughs> oh, and beers. Awesome. Dave, Dave grew up in Miami, so he's a Florida guy. Really? Too. Yep, yep. By the way, would have never guessed that. Quite a pale individual. <laughs> I, I don't know how you battled. Did you battle down there? Did you have to, like, that's a real thing. I've never, I would die in Miami. We were down there for the yeah. Super Bowl, well, and ba- I, battled, I could not exist. Yeah, battle the sun. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, he's the whitest guy alive. Yeah. Dave will give you the best car advice right now. And this is my favorite. You know the advice I'm. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay, this is if you're going, Dave used to sell cars. He had a dealership down in Miami. And this is, if you're buying a car, this is what you do. Tell him, Dave. So when uh, I was working at the dealership. Don't make a meal out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seventh words in, bro. You know what, I think it was, yeah, you're five. I think, yeah. I'm at the dealership. Just... All right, I'll just take the advice to my grave. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, this dude came in and totally worked uh, one of our brand new salesmen. And it turns out he targeted the sales guy because he called in the day before and asked the, the secretary. He said, hey, I just came in the other day. And I got this brand new salesman. What's his name? And she was like, Carlos? And he goes, yeah, Carlos. Transfer me to him. <laughs> and then uh, Carlos picked up and he's like, Carlos, I'm going to come in and buy a car. And he's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he came in and just totally worked this rookie sales guy because he <laughs> found out it was his first week. <laughs> and they want, to sell, they want that guy to sell cars. So they're yeah. like, all right, make the deal, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You always want the new guy to get his first you know, X on the board. So mm-hmm. oh, you know, my we'll God. drop our pants a little bit to get that guy a sale. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that information. I have a car buying habit. It's not a good one, uh, but I have that. Let's get to a phone call real quick. Uh, ben in Boston, who coughed in the middle of your story there. Ben, happy to hear you survived. What do you want to ask, brother? Hey, sorry. I didn't know you could hear me. Uh, I'm sorry, man. It was great. Be great. But, uh, it's, uh, it's very nice of you. It's a feel-good Friday, boys. Uh, how you doing? Uh, great, Ben. Uh, and also, shout-out to Boston Connor for uh, men phones over there. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Question, What's your man? question? Yeah, boy, Connor. Thank you, Connor. It all relies on Connor. <laughs> What's your question? Hey, for, um, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of uh, What's Burning. Um, <laughs> the cooking show on YouTube. Are we going to get more of that? You mean, uh, you mean my show? Something's burning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a hey, big fan. That might have wow. been the worst call in the history of radio. We had such what's a burning. Yeah. What is your show, cooking show called? Something's burning. I like that. Yeah, I had to take a break because I did the the uh, the Netflix series, and so uh, I just had to take a break because we were shooting that. Are you a good chef or terrible? Oh, I'm a horrible chef, but I beat Sebastian Maniscalco in a burger contest. <laughs> now we're talking, dude. I murdered him, and let me tell you something. Sebastian legit cooks and is legit competitive, and when I won, if you look at the look on his face. It's in awe. We had uh, Roy Choi, who, by the way, secret time, will be at my St. Patty's Day event at the store. <laughs> we have taco trucks in the back truck. And, uh, packed lineup. Yeah, packed lineup. And uh, podcast in the OR. Big show in the main room. Never heard of it. And I haven't mentioned it yet. But it's going to be big. You should go. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Roy Choi is the guest, and I just cook burgers and then cook them in bacon grease. Oh. So, obviously, mine tasted better. <laughs> obviously. By the way, secret time. I didn't think I used that right. But uh, if you really want your burger Jerome, to take awesome, awesome uh, coat it in mustard before you grill it. Oh, mm. smart. Meat guy, you say yes, Dave? Yeah, he also went with the Wagyu, right? I went with Wagyu beef, yeah. Smart. That's the the really tender stuff. Uh, and if you're going to use Wagyu beef, put breadcrumbs in it because it holds on to the fat. 
Listen to you. You're a good chef. You're not a bad chef. Check out what's cooking. <laughs> Something's burning. <laughs> and the Birdie Boy World Tour. All those stops can be found at BurtBurtBurt.com. You can find everything. My Instagram, my Twitter. Britney Spears retweeted me the other day. Nice. Oh, it's Britney, bitch. Yeah, you can say that. That's good news. Uh, I can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen. Burt Kreischer. Thank can't you, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. What a fucking show today. Bert is an animal. That Michelin ad read might be the greatest ad read in the history oh. of recorded ad reads. Poor Rainier Zeitler. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. That was unfortunate. But those Michelin Endurance XD silicone wiper blades are no joke. You can only find them at Walmart. In Rainier Zeitler, that man that pours the Mountain Dew in a 32-ounce growler, mm-hmm. that guy knows his wiper blades, man. They're on my truck. They work. Like a jiffy. I used to be blurry, but now I can see. Shout out to him. Shout out to them. Shout out to you for listening and watching wherever the hell you may be. We appreciate the hell out of you. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. Back to those days when songs are actually written by the artists Now they're all this shit Perfect. 